Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Mustin from his latest album, Mario Mixtape. Mustin is a prolific producer, remixer, and composer. He's a founding member of the second longest running video game remix band in the world, the One Ups. And as a result, Mustin and I cover a lot of music, which is fantastic. We spend time on the one-ups. We spend time on that new album, Mario Mixtape, which incidentally he put together quickly under the supervision of his son and daughter and their people, as he puts it. (laughs) It's good stuff. Check out this conversation over on YouTube. If you'd give us a like and a subscription to our YouTube channel, that'd be fantastic. You can find us on Discord. That link is in the show notes. Come talk to us about video game music. And if you can support us financially on Patreon, that'd be amazing. All right, here's Mustin. My name is Mustin, and I'm a record producer. I've been doing music for over 20 years now, and I also co-founded the second longest running video game cover band in the world, The One Ups. And I've been producing mostly video game music covers, but also um, original music, original hip hop and rap uh, music for uh, artists. Uh, I'm not a rapper myself. and um, a composer for things that need to be composed for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I do, I do a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, you do. You, and you have, you know, so many different projects, uh, so many projects with regards to video games too, which, which I love. It's like, it's not just the one-ups, right? You do the bad yeah I, I do and, all yeah. kinds of stuff yeah. and I, I have different groups and sometimes I'll be uh, in the shower and come up with an idea to make a fake pharmaceutical commercial for a video game music convention and just do that uh, I'm, I'm just kind of out there just doing uh, whatever whatever wacky ideas I come up with and then I do love collaborating with people where I have had uh, uh, rappers will send me their entire track finished, but there's n- no music. They just recorded it to something else, and then I create yeah. the music for it. And same thing with singer-songwriters who are trying to uh, create stuff. I've had people just beat on a chair in their legs and sing their chorus, and then I write the entire music, and they're just loving it. I, when I was running my recording studio and doing this stuff, Mostly just that, I had a slogan for my recording studio was making you sound like you do in your head. And people absolutely love that and, and still say it to this day, which is very flattering. So, yeah, I can, I'm out there doing all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some really good examples of that on your website where you're like, this woman came and she brought me this and here's the song that we made. And it's really cool to, to see that or hear that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, something, I, I don't know. I, I know I, I know that a lot of my heroes work that way. Uh, I've, I've watched uh, uh, Pharrell and Chad of the Neptunes do that with uh, with Justin Timberlake and stuff, and 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 producers sit down with artists and be able to do that. I, I've never really, I, I, I have done that, but I haven't done it in the way that I, the way that they do it, like the super producers, like Timberland and stuff, like mm-hmm. just sit down with an artist and like we're gonna really do this. I did make one album with a rap um, with a rapper, Forty Corleone, um, and 
It's a good album. He's an Arkansas rapper. Um, yeah, uh, I ended up taking. We made a whole thing, and but uh, there's just that big disconnect, which I think a lot of people who make music will tell you, like I can do this, but then as I talked about in a recent panel that I gave, it's really unfair because our heroes didn't have to do this crap. Our heroes had a record label and their label had an like the marketing department and the and the you know the AR and like all the people there were running around doing the things that they're really good at and now yeah you're expected to do it yourself. So it's difficult for, um, you know, it's always been hard for people to just get out there anyway, but now it's even harder. At the same time, so much easier. (laughs) It's so strange. It's very, very very bizarre. Yeah. So when did you start getting into the production side? Do you think, um, well, yeah, just tell me me about how you got into that side of, of music. I think in 1999, when I graduated high school, my buddy gave me a music software program for a computer we recently got, and it was called MidiSoft Studio 6. And I used this thing. uh, I had one track where you could add um, digital audio, but otherwise it was just MIDI, and it was whatever your your computer had on it. Uh, Mine had a Yamaha XG chip, thankfully, which wasn't the worst. And so I used that and I learned how to put sounds in there. And I don't know if I didn't know how to use it correctly or if I was just kind of like hacking it to, to do things that it wasn't like made to do. But I was putting uh, audio in there in these certain ways and trying to like figure it out. And that was in 99. And then around 2000, I think I bought a copy of Cakewalk Pro Audio 9 on eBay. Nice. And I have been using Cakewalk ever since. And that oh, wow. one, once I had like multi uh, multi tracks, and like I just I'm I'm completely invested now. So so yeah, it's been since then that I've been doing since I've been doing that, and I've mm-hmm. been an eBay user since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> I actually worked a job uh, at a hat company, like making hats. Yeah. Um, local here in, in Bentonville, Arkansas. And my first job at this one position, because I moved around in there, was to make a hat for eBay. Really? And so I, I designed like a hat. I'm like, well, I think it could look like this. It's going to have boxes on it because they use boxes to ship stuff. <laughs> um, they didn't go for it, but I still have the hat because oh, nice! <laughs> it's a cool hat. That's yeah, awesome. what a weird, what a weird thing most people don't do in their lives is make a hat. Make make a hat, right? Exactly. Yeah, I had a factory job where I made dog collars, many, yeah. many, many, many. Yeah, in a past life, but yeah, not hats. <laughs> I'd rather wear a hat personally. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are into the dog collars, though. <laughs> <laughs> not on this podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually don't know. You do you. Whatever dog collar you want to wear or not wear. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, with regards to that, you know, getting into music production or late 90s, whatever, um, were you just automatically tinkering with, with video game music? Because clearly it's that's been a part of your life. You must have grown up gaming or grown up around it or something, you know. So when did that uh, yeah. come into play? Yeah. It was the same time. Um, 
normally I think of that if I'm asked that question, but when I got that, that program, a lot of stars were aligning in that mm. here is music production software, which I never had. I was, I was pencil and paper kid. Mm-hmm. I can still do it if I want to. That's my little, that's yeah. my little brag right there <laughs> that I carry. If I yeah. had to, I could take pencil and I can write out music and then have someone play it and it'll be what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But ever since I discovered software, I'm like, well, fudge that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to use the <laughs> software. Yeah. I'm just going to do it in MIDI. Um, so the, my, my what, uh, what did you say, a previous life was I wanted to be a film composer. Okay. And my buddy who gave me that software ended up being a filmmaker. His name is Duncan Skiles. He makes, uh, he makes movies and, and uh, does a lot of editing and all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, he was working on a short film and got me to do composing for it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. Big break. Danny Elfman, here I come. I hated it so wow, much. Wow, really? I hated, sco- I hated scoring to picture. I still do. <laughs> I tried to do it very recently with the yeah. project with the one-ups. And I just like, why? I don't like doing this. I'm never going to do this again. I have to remember. But so going back to that, I got that software. I start to learn to do this the digital stuff. Um, and I, it was a MIDI, pro, it was called MIDISoft. So I learned about MIDI, which I didn't know about. And then okay. I found MIDI's. And then somehow at the same time, finding emulation, because this is May of 2000, like, by, no, well, let's see. Somewhere right there in the early 2000s, we're finding, you know, emulation is happening with uh, old video game systems where you can play the games illegally on your, on your computer. <laughs> and then I uh, found this website that had all of these um, video game music MIDI files, uh, vgmusic.com. And I was like, wow, people are actually like transcribing this stuff and putting it up here for people to listen to. And then once I put it together, I was playing, I always rented this game, Mega Man 3, but I was never able to beat it. So I'm playing this Mega Man 3 on the com- emulator on my computer. I'm like, man, this music slaps. This is so good. I'm, I like this. And then so I made a medley of Mega Man 3 in my new computer software stuff. And then from the VG Music place, I found a, pl- a site called Overclock Remix, <laughs> which started in I think around 1999. And then I took my terrible Mega Man 3 arrangement and submitted it to the person who runs it, DJ Pretzel. Mm -hmm. And DJ Pretzel, whose name's David Lloyd. um, Wonderful human being. Yes. He Mm -hmm. took a shine to me and and put put up my thing and was like, look at this kid. And and I think the last time I looked, uh, which was... Earlier this week, Overclock Remix has like 4,400 arrangements on there. Yeah. And mine was like number 68. Nice. So that's how long ago <laughs> and how long I have been doing, been wow. doing this, this digital wow. music and, video, and also at the same time, video game music. Mm-hmm. One, also, one of the first things I did when I got that software was I made, or no, when I got the Cakewalk one, yeah. uh, as I made a bossa nova version of... Lottie Dottie by Snoop Dogg, which, <laughs> which is a very, does not, you know, I guess they say now that it do, they don't age well, but in hindsight, these, these lyrics were never appropriate, um, right. but, but the, the dichotomy of taking Snoop Dogg's 
terrible stuff, which I'm sure like, you know, he would even say now, like, I've grown up. <laughs> um, and then the <laughs> sultry music, I'd like, I've always loved Bossa Nova and stuff, oh, which yeah. you can tell by listening to all my music mm-hmm. and putting those two together. I've always been more like, how can we goof this up? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lean toward a comedy to make myself laugh when I'm doing my music stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do, I can be serious sometimes, but I leave the, the, um, the pristine covers of like this Castlevania tune needs to sound yeah. like this orchestra piece. I think somebody else is going to do that way better than me. And, <laughs> and it's, and it's going to be cool. And then people that just do like, um, that do musicianship. Here's my Mega Man piece that I'm playing on the electric guitar, and I'm nailing yeah. all of those 30 second notes. That's not for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, I, I, somebody else can do that. So I, yeah. I find a thing where it's like music. I, I've 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 come to say since starting this last album in December that nobody does it like I do, <laughs> and that's like <laughs> I, that's really what I'm I'm sticking with. Because listening to everything and seeing all these new people and hearing all their music and mm-hmm. I just I keep hearing nobody's doing like nobody does it like I do. Now that's not to say like I'm doing it better. I'm just saying that yeah, you know, it's you different. I have a sound mm-hmm. and uh, it makes me really happy. Because even Good. though that track from two thousand, June of two thousand, the my yeah. Mega Man three medley, yeah, is terrible. I love it, and I still Good. like listening to it. All of my these are all my little children babies, and no matter how yes. ugly they are, I love them. And that's something that is different than a lot of people that I talk to when it comes to making music. gives me like, I have like a thousand questions, none of which are written down. So I'm certainly never going to remember them all. But um, (laughs) uh, first of all, with regards to the Mega Man 3 remix, is that on your band camp or can can we only find that at OC Remix? It's on Overclock Remix. Okay. Okay. It's called Blue Bomber Forever. It's it's got all these samples of different, I think I sampled like Incubus, uh, Back to the Future, um, like all, all these movies and other other different music and movies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, the propeller heads because Spy Break came out from um, got that big hit from the Matrix film. Uh, yeah. I, I love the propeller heads, the music, the people that did the Spy Break, the the what is it, the hotel lobby shoot 'em up scene. Okay, fantastic stuff. But anyway, yeah, all those yeah those are still up there on Overclocked Remix. I mean, there's so much on Bandcamp, and the re- I checked while you were talking because I wondered. I was like, "Did he put it on that Origins album?" Because I listened to some of that Origins album, which is great. Um, it's old, and I love the picture <laughs> because I assume that's you, Hammer Noy, yeah. on the typewriter. It's very adorable. <laughs> I've I've really tried to, especially lately. Um, there's something about 
my kids living with me full time that's really made me think about a lot of things. And <laughs> one of those things is putting all my stuff together for me for many, many, many reasons. And so I do have that Origins album out. That is a picture of me hammering away on the typewriter angrily. <laughs> I just thought about it being like a computer keyboard. That's how I make music. Uh, <laughs> But all of those tracks on Origins are from old, out-of-print records. put them on there and then I had one extra track that was supposed to be a live track that we were going to do with Grant Kirkhope at Magfest but it didn't work out so I just oh. I just I just jazzed up my um, demo and then and put that version of uh, Mad Monster Mansion from from uh, Banjo-Kazooie on there as a bonus track I'm like hey here's something that yeah. has never really released so and then I did um, the freebies for streaming which is yeah. just simply that. I, I, mm-hmm. I, am, I hate having to take a file and upload it onto YouTube Music and then tag it. And then <laughs> I actually have to tag it before I upload it so it goes up there right and so I can put it in the right. That's so obnoxious and I get yeah. it. So yeah. I just took all of these tracks that are around that you can get for free that were licensable. That Because mm-hmm. um, that Mega Man 3 one, it's got all those samples and stuff and... Right. I don't even know if I have the source files for that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a MIDI file. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just all those freebies are up there, and it's just so that people who, and 78% of people are using Spotify, they can just click, oh, and then they put the click button, and then hopefully I'll end up in their earbuds, you know, now and again. That's what those albums are, and then um, I think we're going to get to the Bad Dude one, which is you know essentially the same thing, just kind of compressing all of this stuff together. Yeah, exactly, and that's I think what's cool about the Bad Dude album is that it. And please correct me if I get this wrong, but it's like all of the tracks that you made for Bad Dude's albums. And now it's just like all in one place, and so you get like all the Mustin tracks and. That is fun. So tell tell me about that <laughs> album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's precisely it. There were some that I really loved that I did a couple um, with uh, uh, Dishu. Is how Dishu is pronounced. D H S U. And Dishu and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, Dishu plays piano and it does arranging. So uh, Dishu arranged stuff. And I put it through all my magic and goo, and then uh, she would play the piano on their big uh, keyboard 
MIDI, and then I would take it and make it on with my fancy little keyboard sound that sounds realistic. And uh, yeah, and so we would put that together, and I said, hey, can I put these two on here because these are some of my favorite bad dude tracks, and I'm making this album. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course. Featurings, I guess. But mm-hmm, otherwise, mm-hmm. like you said, it's just previous bad dude stuff pushed together all from me, yeah. which is a more uh, benefit for me, like, so that people come to the Mustang sh- the show and then also yeah. for people that like to have their music together and yeah. not have to mess with all the stuff. It's just, I don't know why I didn't think of this stuff before, but it's hard to navigate when you're dealing with something that's never happened before. Streaming happened right there when I discovered uh, video game music uh, CDs. Because mm, mm-hmm. yep. I was thir- 13, I don't know, I think I, I was in seventh grade and I was taking that paper and that pencil <laughs> and I was writing out um, the Battle of Magus from Chrono Trigger oh, nice. for... Uh, two B flat clarinets and one bass clarinet and a trio yeah, to play. Yes, and and I wrote it all on paper. And then there's no, um, what do they call that? There was no Xerox machine, so there was no. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do everything individually because I was a kid and I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And then I sat it in front of three friends and they played it for me. And I go, wonderful. Because there was no phones, there's no like yeah. pocket recorders, there's nothing. That's it. I, yeah. I do have the music in uh, my memory chest in the other oh, room. Oh, that's wonderful. Which is cool. And one day I'm sure I'll bust it out and make some people play it for me. And yeah. this time I'll record it. But yeah. that goes back to that. Mm-hmm. And then here we are. I didn't. I didn't know. I knew there were original soundtracks, and I got the stuff that came from Nintendo Power. Those ones that they had available for sale. Okay. Uh, but it yeah. was in the dormitory, which I didn't go to college, but all my friends were there at the local college here at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. <laughs> and I was up there because they had the crazy high-speed internet at the college. And this is 1999, uh, fall 99. And there was one like nerdy kid in this one room, and we went in there, and this kid had uh, not only the Napster – Loaded up with all of these albums, yeah, but also had like on the desk there the uh, Chrono Trigger Brink of Time mm. CD. Like we we had no <laughs> idea that there were arranged albums. Like me and like th- it was my I think it was my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. We we're like all like like anime teared up. Like this isn't happening. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> like this, ch- this changes everything. Yeah. So. Learning about this stuff as you go, I mean, <laughs> trying to yeah. figure out how to navigate streaming. I mean, I can see, like, the companies are trying to figure it out, too, because, like, yep. Contra was up on, Konami put Contra, the original soundtrack, up on iTunes in 2007, mm. and then they took it down. Wow. And, like, it's just, like, and Nintendo put a bunch of stuff up, and then they mm-hmm. took it down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, 
I don't know. It's it's so frustrating. Like just yeah. just we got to get it all out there. That's what yeah, I'm trying just, to do. Everybody else should do it too. <laughs> yeah, art for the people. Art is for the art people. for the people. Share yes. it for, share it with the people. That's I agree. Um, on on the bad dude um, album, I you know I I take walks and I take screenshots while I'm listening to music. So then I remember, oh, what I like about that track. What I like about that track. And so it's fun to like look through and be like, what did I take pictures of, you know? Mm-hmm. And I took pictures of almost every single Earthbound track you did. Oh, yeah? I loved your Earthbound remixes. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe, you know, your connection with the music, um, if there is one, and um, uh, just talk to me about that. Yeah, that project was in conjunction with Fangamer. Fangamer is a a company that started off making um, gently illegal video game-inspired things, and now they, like, actually do official merchandise for Mm. Konami and Capcom. I... I (laughs) I got to, uh, I got to actually score the commercial for their Sunset Riders Konami oh, nice. product launch. So this is officially sanctioned. I can yeah. say that I vis-a-vis worked for Konami on this, and I got to take the original music and arrange it, and nice. and they made this whole commercial. It looked just like the game, except real. It was really ridiculous and fun. But they're they're a great company, and they and they love Earthbound. Uh, they they came from that community, um, Starman.net, okay. and so they put together this huge project um, called You Are Now Earthbound, and. It has like a it had a huge book and uh, it had this album with it that was done by my group the Bad Dudes. Um, I had a zine in there mm-hmm. and uh, um, it was supposed to have a documentary at the time, uh, but they are finishing up the documentary now because I know that because like two days ago I recorded some vocals for the composer who's working on that. Oh, cool! <laughs> it's like this big <laughs> choir, and it's I, it was something I was singing something about uh, Mother Three, which is great. So, um, nice. really, really interesting people. Really, really interesting approach to um, the fan, to, to fandom as a whole, which is kind of mm-hmm. hard to explain. But anyway. The album, their their Kickstarter was huge. One of the stretch goals was two discs, and then there were other stretch goals that um, people, four people, got to pick tracks to do, which is normally a um, um, like a Russian roulette kind of game, because <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, you just you never know who's going to pick what and how hard yep. it's going to be, and you know, is it going to be yeah. a good fit? I did three of them. Two were oh. extremely hard. And um, the one, thankfully, person wanted, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of the tune, but I know that he asked for it to be post-rock style, which I knew that uh, our person, JJT, which is John Titterington, who's a great actor, musician. Um, (laughs) One time I caught him playing trumpet on Conan. It's just, I have such interesting (laughs) friends. It's great. I love it. Um, But uh, he did the post-rock thing and nailed it, and I got some... 
like this person wanted. One of the tunes is in a cave, cave of the past, and it is. And then this is like I'm pretty sure that they've copped to this uh, uh, Suzuki and, and Tanaka working together on the original score, cutting up the beginning of that Beatles song. What's it called? I can't remember. But it starts with the French bump, but um, bump, bump, bump. You know what oh, I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go bum 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 bum, but if you cut that bum bum, they took that they cut it off of the Beatles like record, <laughs> this little part, and they slowed oh. it down. It goes bum 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 bum, like they, they used it to make the music. <laughs> Which is nuts and put me in a spot like, one, like, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but like, why do you want to hear this one? <laughs> why do you want to hear this one arranged when those are the notes? It's just the first yeah. three notes of the, what I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I found this wild way to do it. And I do like these challenges because they do... Uh, when you let it wash over you and, and work through it, it will make you better. I learned so much making that track. I, cool. I, I, it was so, if you like that one, it was called um, There's No Turning Back Now. One is like this weird atmospheric thing. It's a line taken from the game when the doctor is saying, like, I'm going to turn you into robots. And, and it's like, there's no going back now. Like, I'm taking your consciousness now. I'll put in robots. You're going to go into space. Video games are so weird. So, yeah. um, but like, I had this, I tried to make this huge soundscape and just these weird sounds that you wouldn't expect. And like, in the beginning, when it really comes in, if you listen to it, there's this sound. I took these cows and slowed them down, and it just sounds no otherworldly. It's yeah, just go back and listen to it. You'll be like, "Dad, come with those are cows," and I, you'll never be able to not I hear it. I can't wait. But, but yeah, and I just found all these things, and it really taught me about, um, what is that, being reserved? Like, I showed at, at, the, at the end of the tune, it goes into this awesome 
crunchy beat using the and then the bass comes in from the beginning which it wasn't even a bass it was just this terrifying synthesizing destruction sound yeah. but then it comes in later with this beat and 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 I showed it to all like the other bad dudes and they're like oh yeah you should repeat that and I'm like no <laughs> not going to repeat that just leave them wanting it's, more it's got to be just like that like this these little I don't know something else and I know that like that, that, that tune ended with the parts like cutting out and then overlapping the French tune and then what was there. And then like I pulled up two instruments for like the very last note that had not been in the entire, <laughs> the, the entire tune. I had the tubular bells and I think like a timpani. Just so weird. So I just imagine like someone standing there with the hammer for the tubular belt, right? You know, just standing in like three and a half minutes, and like, okay, I gotta get this right. <laughs> Boom! Oh man, nailed it! And they hit the wrong oh, one. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be me. Just a half All step day. off. That would be me. It's like, oh, where's Control Z? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the Metroid Craig Craig um, yeah. arrangement. You did it so good because, you know, that is just notoriously a simple texture, right? The original. Mm-hmm. And, and I love how you maintain that but did it your own way. So, so talk to me about that one. I did a panel recently about music, and I didn't really know what to talk about. So I was like, "Well, here's some stuff." <laughs> I, I, like the whole thing of like nobody does it like I do. If you're looking to make interesting arrangements, I'm your guy, and I will give you whatever advice I can. If you want to do covers and stuff, or you know, straight jazz versions or whatever, there's plenty of people out there. Mm-hmm. But for me, one of the things I'll try is uh, changing the time signature. So crate is in six eight boom 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 yeah and for whatever reason I I almost always start with a, a Fender Rhodes sound electric piano sound when I'm doing my stuff a lot of okay. people will sit there and start with the piano guitar players will start with their guitar I I don't own a Fender Rhodes and I don't know why that sound I, I think I don't know I grew up in the eighties Hollow Notes is one of my favorite things. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But I started with that, so I'm playing with that piano, and then boom, 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 boom. How do I say boom, 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 boom. I was like, oh, wow, look at this. Cool. It's like 4-4. And then I figured out it was like drum and bass. Boom, 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 And I was like, okay, cool. So I figured out how to do that and then take the – um. The ba do da do da do da. Everybody's going bum boom bum boom bum boom bum boom. They just like it's, it just transferred it all over.
And in doing that, when you when I had that going, it's pretty easy for people, composers, arrangers to hear something and and basically get on the 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 sled as it is going faster and faster down the mountain it's mm-hmm. easier to be like oh yeah let's just do, oh you should do you know that sounds like you should add it and then just boom 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 and then before i knew it i was i had a crazy drum and bass version of crate and 44 and that's so why good. i named it kr 4444 1d 1d yeah <laughs> oh man I can't believe they let me drive. <laughs> Let's talk just for a half a minute about the one-ups before we talk about the newest album that's on your band cup at camp as of this date. Uh, but yeah, so that's been more than two decades, which is a long, long, long time. And you mentioned <laughs> that you're the second cover band in the world. Um, yeah. So talk about how that started, because you live in Arkansas. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine that was an easy thing to start in Arkansas 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You would think that, and I'm telling you right now, if I walked out this front door and tried to go do it, yeah, I would have a hard time. But it was just the fates aligned. Uh, it mm. was like I like I said, I liked video game music. My friends liked video game music. Yeah. Um, William uh, Carlos Reyes, who's a co-founder with me, and then Nathan McLeod, saxophone player. Um, he's out in. Um, Nashville now. I think he's doing like studio work and stuff. He's a great, great player. Um, they came to me because they knew that I was doing video game stuff and they were doing um, duos, going to the farmer's market and playing. But one of the things that they did was that William had arranged Koopa Beach from Super Mario Kart. So mm-hmm. it was just chords and melody. And mm-hmm. they said like, hey, you know, you're doing this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I like what that is. And like, we should do a band. I'm like, okay. So then I... Um, called a couple of people that I knew that would have been down. And then um, we needed a drummer, and William and Nathan knew a guy that played drums. And he was the only one who was just out of pocket because we were like, tw- okay. we were all 20, but he was 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was our, uh, he was our like, what the heck is that? What the heck is this guy? He's just like yeah, yeah. having a great time, doesn't know what's going on, but he's getting you know flown around and driven around to go do these gigs and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it just it just happened. It was uh, mm-hmm. really, really, really lucky, and the the fact that the first real thing was that Koopa Beach, which is a samba, like that <laughs> that was different than what was going on at the time. Um, the first tune that we actually played out loud in Chris the drummer's um, drum room. He had this gargantuan. It was like a den, but it was just like there were nine drum sets in there and a baby grand. It was nuts. Really? But we managed to fit. Yeah, it was like we managed to fit seven people in there and 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 do a first practice. And the first thing we did was play Mario terribly. <laughs> um we had a cute arrangement of Mario, Mario World, and then we did um and we it was just like a little I it was pretty straightforward. It wasn't anything 
uh, rocking the boat. And then we did Monkeys from Mario Paint. I always wanted to hear that played with live instruments. Oh, wow. And so we have this Monkeys tune, which is just uh, slow. I don't know what you'd call it. It's some Latin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. And we did a mashup of Mute City and Guile's theme um, that was rocking. So we, we picked down the classical guitar and picked up the electric guitar. Wee. And uh, what <laughs> we, we did, we kind of, yeah, we like did a lot of different, we did a lot of different stuff. But the bands mm-hmm. at the time, well, there was number one, which is still around, the Mini Bosses. The Mini mm-hmm. Bosses were born out of a band called the Genova Project, which I believe started as early as 1997. Oh, wow. And the Mini Bosses have been around so long that they are performing now and their children are getting in and performing their parts. <laughs> It's it is incredible to see. It is so fantastic. Amazing. So the any bosses are Amazing. still around, and it's great because the first gig that the One Ups ever played was at the very first Magfest, which is the Mid Atlantic oh, Gaming wonderful. Festival, and uh, that was in September twenty eighth of two thousand two, and it was a band called Everyone, just some band, the One Ups, which was then the One Up Mushrooms, and then the the Mini Bosses and. We were kind of like, I remember kind of being uh, a snotty little 20-year-old and being like, man, these guys, look at these guys. They're so old. Because they were like, I don't know, 26 or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't you kill? So, oh. yeah. Who, yeah, boy. So they're still going, and I have absolutely no more ribbing to do because here I am. <laughs> Uh, much, much, much older than 26, and we're all doing the same thing and having a great time and loving it. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, the the, the one ups have been around, and and we were doing something different because you had the, the the mini bosses. You had another band like them called the Neskimos in Florida. Um, they oh, were doing okay. rock. There was a band called Game Over in Sweden that was doing metal <laughs> with. <you>? Um, <laughs> That was doing metal in uh, with with vocals sometimes, which was cool. That was different. And yeah. then um, there was Select Start, also in Florida, who was like a chamber mm. group: violin, viola, um, flute, piano, guitar. Mm. And uh, there really wasn't much else. But we showed up on the scene. There's only like five bands or something, but everybody else is gone except for the mini bosses. So we're the second longest running. And wow. now there are, you know, uh, probably 17 trillion video Yeah, exactly. Game bands. <laughs> yeah. Exactly 17 There's trillion. that many just guitar duos, probably. Then, <laughs> yeah, on top of that. Yeah. Uh, so the newest one on your uh, Bandcamp, Mario Mixtape, it's such a delight. Um, I don't want to ruin it. Talk about it. It's such a sweet, <laughs> sweet thing. I. Um, on December 26, my I was supposed to get a gift for my daughter for um, Christmas, but the family got the gift for her, so I had to get her something else. But I was I don't know. So I, I remembered that she loves the game over music from Super Mario World. Boom, 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 boom. That's it. She just loves it. But there was she like listened to the different versions on YouTube. She likes it. So I was like, okay. So on December 26th of 2022, I sat down and my son was in the living room and I said, hey, I'm going to make music. He knows the drill. I think he got his headphones in. He was watching TikTok. About 45 minutes later, I turn the speakers on and I say, hey, what do you think of this? And I play back my 
arrangement that I had just made of Mario World Game Over, and he got really, really mad. He got, he got so mad, and he's like, just steaming, like, you just made that just now? And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, you just like you didn't like start that before? And I was like, no, I just sat down and I just made it. He was like, well, you can make that that. Why aren't you making your own music all the time? Why are you always doing all this other crap? And he's like going on this, and he's like pulling up like old old uh, tracks of mine. He's like, listen to this. You shouldn't be doing stuff like this. And like rub, basically rubbing my nose. I'm like, buddy, I made that like 17 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. That's like as old as you are. And he's like, I don't care. And he's like freaking out. But there was a part of me that saw the spark uh, in the fire and not so mm-hmm, much, you know, because mm-hmm. like I, yeah. he was mad. It was weird. It was really weird. But I saw the spark. And so I like took a breath and I put my shoulders back. And I was like, well, what are you thinking? And so in just a few hours time, um, he had he had decided that I should make a Mario album. He wanted. He said it should be Super Mario 64. I said, no, nah, I don't want to do one game um, yeah. because 88-Bit had just put an album out of Mario, Kart, of Mario 64. And uh, he's like, okay, we'll do the Mario series. And he's like, yeah, we're done by the end of February. And I laughed and I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, no one's going to have it done by the end of February. It's December 26th. And he's like, and I said, yeah. but... This year, do you know what's happening this year? And he's like, what? And I said, the Super Mario Brothers movie is going to come out in April. So what if we aim to have it out the Tuesday before the movie comes out? And he's like, okay. So I handed him this PDF called Licensable Nintendo Music PDF, And I gave him that. And I said, uh, figure it out. So he went through and pulled 14 Super Mario Brothers series tunes. And then he made a document in Google Docs that uh, had everything listed and what style he wanted it to sound like, like key ideas in there, um, and then started getting ideas for marketing together. And uh, he just, he just, and then in the artwork, he started like on the artwork, what he wanted to see on the artwork. It was just bonkers. <laughs> so I sat down and I started churning out the music um, and then all the way, all along the way, I would get feedback from millennials, and I would get feedback from Gen Z, him, and Gen Alpha, my daughter, and their people. And I always agreed with the people, like the out the cover, the cover of the Mario mixtape is this very like dark, um, morose thing, and. <laughs> It it was it was like it was lighter it was lighter and kind of like it looked more sterile and I guess more natural before mm-hmm. and all me and all my millennial friends including the um, designer were all like yes that looks much better that looks much better but all the Gen Z and Gen Alpha were like no dude that's cool 
that's cool. You got to go with that. And I was like, that's it. That's it. We're doing that. Every decision was driven, unless it was like purely a business, like something that I knew from experience, like, oh, we can't yeah. do that. But yeah. um, every, every decision that was creative was driven by Gen Z and Gen Alpha. And, let, and I let wow. them have the, the, I guess, the power, as it were, to mm-hmm. push what, it, what this should be. And I couldn't be more happy with it. This kid pushed me. I I I hate reggaeton. I have <laughs> always hated reggaeton. But one day I just spent six hours doing cleaning and all this stuff, listening to um, what's his name? Um, was it Bad Bunny or something? And uh, Enrique Iglesias and just like people, I'm just listening to this reggaeton and hearing it. And then I was taking the new Super Mario Brothers music and making it the reggaeton. Okay, wait a minute. This is a lot harder than I thought it would be because it all has the same drum. And every single one has that beat. But there's a lot of variation in it, and that is what makes it interesting. And I was like, okay. So I listen to it now. I really like what I did. I like how I also incorporated the accordion because I grew up listening to Tejano music. My father and his friends were always playing it. And... I loved doing the accordion part. That was really for me. I had a great time. But nice. I can hear, like, if I had to do this again, I know that I could make it a lot better. But I love what I did, absolutely, 100%. And, and like, like, jazz trap. I don't know what the heck jazz trap was, but he, like, told me the idea. And then I found a band that does it. And I was listening to it. And I was like, wow. And the, I didn't know electro swing was a thing. I missed it. I missed the boat. It was like 10 years ago. And, and I just, I didn't even know. But, now, but that was like a really, really big hit with the older crowd on the electro swing. Still think that uh, that Rick Astley is funny. So my Piranha Plant track that has uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" just so it crushed. Dr. Mario Doogie Hauser thing, I lost it. I was laughing so hard. And thank you. Thank it, you so much. That was the one thing for me. And if you'll notice, the only track on the album that doesn't have a uh, the original name, the original oh. mu- like underground BGM, 
yeah. you know, ground over, like that one is called Dire Dire Docs, but yeah. with not without the K. Because Dire yeah. Dire Docs is on the album, <laughs> which I am going around claiming now until someone steps up, which I really hope happens so we can have an R&B fight. But I made the absolute <laughs> sexiest R, uh, uh, video game music arrangement ever. And it's my Super Mario 64 Dire Dire Docs arrangement. But Dire Dire Docs is on there. But I owe it to Breno Floss because Breno Floss, Brent Black, um, yeah. he is the one I showed him. Because I was like, I don't know who else is going to get this, man. But I was just messing around with this on the keyboard. And yeah. it's making me laugh a lot. And he's like, oh, wow. that's He's like, that's too good. And he's yeah. like, man, Dr. Mario, Dr. Doogie Dowser, Dire Dire Docs, love it. Oh my god! I laughed for like seven minutes. Oh, Dunzo. So funny. I mean, that show. I loved that show when I was younger. <laughs> I was like such a. Oh my god! And I, I literally, maybe four months ago, saw it that it was on. I think Hulu, maybe. And mm. I was like, "What's the Doogie Hauser pilot like? <laughs> you know, let's let's see what this is like." And sure as shit, it? you know, it starts with him typing away at his like DOS-based whatever mm-hmm. Apple IIG or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Just today, I'm gonna save 72 children or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't think I made it through the whole thing because it is kind of unwatchable as an adult in the 2020s. But it it amazing. Yeah, I I got, <laughs> really got curious over the last couple of years about all the shows I grew up watching. So I like went through this huge Night Rider phase. I'm still on the <gasps> Golden Girls. I'm still watching the Golden Girls. So Night Rider. I the the absolute most beautiful piece of music ever composed, hands down, is Claire de Lune. Well, yeah. Like it is just there's you can't beat that. Yeah. Except for the Knight Rider theme. Except for the Knight Rider theme is (laughs) you cannot not hear that and not feel like the most awesome. Yeah. Especially if you're driving and it's close to night at dusk or whatever, like you just feel so cool. Yes. If you're cleaning, you're like, I'm going to clean this so cool. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, it's just the best. I love it. It's really, really good. The whole sound, all the music in that show is fantastic. I mean, that's when they were doing it live, right? I mean, it sounds so yeah. good. I love the music in that show. I love the music in the Golden Girls too, but that's a very different, it's a very different vibe than Knight Rider with... The tight wranglers and the belt buckles and the button-down shirts that are <laughs> open just a couple buttons too much. And yeah, like I this. love it. I love it. Right, right there. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's too much. <laughs> I'd say that's appropriately <laughs> smutty. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, no, I got I got a big kick out of that Doogie Howser thing though. That was great, and that whole album. It's just so sweet and. Um, uh, and good too. Like it's really good. It's like fun. I love the opening track right away, Ground BGM, where it's like, yeah, I just love the homage sense that you get too. It's like this is not a straight note for note cover. Uh, uh, this is my version of it. That's one of the things I really appreciate about about a lot of these covers. Yeah, thank you. I I, mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't 
I have a lot of fun, but I'm not reckless or flippant. Um, the, the, the passion is there, and I think that's mm-hmm. something that people can connect with. Because yeah. even if you didn't play New Super Mario Brothers, like the, the, the accordion is having a great time. And mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> I just, every time I heard, I would laugh. Um, the, the stuff that I was doing in the accordion, especially when it comes to the very end, where it goes, where it goes, like it's putting in the original Mario theme. It did the one-up sound, and it ends on um, the, the the Mario down. Like it's it's just like I'm doing all of these things. The air, the airship one. That one I absolutely enjoyed. Uh, that's my favorite one on there. The mm. Attack of the Airships is originally from Super Mario Brothers three, but I couldn't license Super Mario Brothers three oh, because that yeah, was like okay. just the name, but it's the same tune. Yeah. So I did the airships. I did that, um, and it's trap. He wanted trap. That's what kids are listening to. Was trap. So I got this. <laughs> uh, big old fat bass and the 808s and all that. And I had this concert snare drum in the background, just the guy back there standing next to the guy with the tubular bells. <laughs> and like, it was sounding okay. And I was like, there's something not right. And then I was driving around one day and I go, oh, it needs to be a high school drum corps. That's what the <laughs> drums need to be. And that's what I did. And I found, it's the only thing I bought, the only money I spent on the album, um, other than um, the... Um, you know, the people that have to do the things mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. as far as like <laughs> making something. Yeah, yeah. It's that bu- I bought this high school drum court uh, virtual sound library. And within, <laughs> I think, 80 minutes, I had filled in the whole thing with drums. And it's all loose and dirty, and it sounds, you know, like kids are playing it. It's like, yes. Love that. And I just had people just connect with that so much. And then I pulled um, a Faith No More. I don't know if you know no Faith No More. But I, but oh, yeah. I love the song Epic, and it, it just, it's rocking, and it's just like, yeah, what is it? And it's just like going, and then it just fades out, and it just fades out to just a piano playing a version yeah. of the chords and it's just really really pretty and it's way more interesting yeah. than it needs to be so As i just the totally lifted around <laughs> yeah, that that's fish? right yeah yeah and at the piano that's on the beat yeah so like <laughs> i just kind of i did that same thing but then in the piano when it's doing that pretty stuff i'm just making boo do 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 like i put in the the flute from that that well not from but that's in mario 3 
the original flute is from the original Legend of Zelda. But some yeah, people yeah. think it's from Mario 3, which I think is funny. And then I put it in my other Mario 3 track, too. I, I, I just, I, I, the best way to enjoy this album, I think, is the bit.ly slash Mario Mixtape YT. It takes you right to the YouTube album. It's, okay. it's the whole album, except for the bonus track, which you can only get on the, um, the CD or Bandcamp. Okay. But that, that is the best way because it has this great visual. It has the game is in the background. It helps you remember like what's going on. And yeah. then there are these things in there. Uh, like if you if you start listening to Dire Dire Docs, there's a, there's this little cool little Mario head that spins in there too. It tells you like how long the track has been going. <laughs> nice. Um, and it gets to Doctor Mario, and you see the pills coming in the background, <laughs> and so you're working, and you know because you got it on your second screen, and then you hear that <laughs> and Emily, you look up and you look over to the screen, and instead of Doctor Mario, it's switched to the pilot intro for Doogie Howser. <laughs> So I put I put all these little things that were happening in my yeah. mind when I was making these things. I was able to put them in visually to help oh, cool. inform like why I did what I did. Because yeah. at the end of the Super Mario Brothers three track, which is objectively one of the most insane things that I've done, I took like this really really happy, and I turned yeah. it into this dark slow m- minor theme. And at the end, I have this huge, massive chord that just plays for like 17 seconds or so. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> but if you watch the video, the whole video is like grimy and chill in the background. Mm. It looks like, you know, the cover. It's just like dark colors <laughs> and muted. But at that one part where that bump, 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 and then that huge chord comes, it goes, blah, and then yeah. there's this huge HD video of going through a wormhole in space, and like it's just, it just really like <laughs> informs what was happening in my mind, and then you hear okay. that really, really terrible MIDI sound. I found the cheapest, baddest sound I could use to go, boo, 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 and then it ends. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I see, I see, I hear things so different. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I can't wait to watch it. I, w- I will be definitely watching that and checking that out. Um, what was, what'd you start on musically? Did you start on accordion? No, I started on, um, I went to a, a middle school in rural Arkansas. Okay. I grew up uh, for my first nine years in Chicago, but then I ended up in rural Arkansas, which was mm, a shock. Change, yeah. Yeah, and I just they, I, I, I earnestly, without any sense of irony, at that age, middle school, when I was like twelve. It's like oh, maybe if I play the saxophone, I can get chicks. So I ended up playing a tenor saxophone. That was my first instrument. I took nice. it home the first day and learned the whole book. Um, oh, damn! I just I, I took to it right away. Wow. And then in high school, I. Uh, was a real snot. And <laughs> one teacher especially who just, um, 
I called her Miss Grundle. I can't remember what her name was, Miss Griffin. I don't know. But um, she just she just was like kind of a space cadet and just old lady. And one day she was just talking about different chocolates she tasted over the weekend. And I got real mad and made a scene of it and took my backpack and left. And I went down <laughs> to the band hall because I'm so sophisticated and cool. Yeah. And I just took the alcohol spray and I'm going around stealing people's instruments, learning how to play them. I've got my book, <laughs> the, the, or, the Study of Orchestration. And I'm just like, oh. So interesting. Yeah. You know, just, just like learning how to do all that stuff. Um, I had great music teachers that pushed me. The The principal pushed me hard to stay in school and do music and mm. um, help me get some resources. And um, instead of having to do some certain classes, I was able to um, enter like music composing contests. I remember that was one oh. thing that I had to do for a semester, which was pretty cool. Okay. And, yeah. But uh, I, I just, I never really took to anything in particular. I was pretty decent with that alto saxophone, but I did teach Nathan McLeod how to play, and now he is a professional. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over, I can't, I, I, my embouchure is gone, and I, I do have a sax, but I don't have a good environment in which to perform or play it, and I'm just not concerned about that stuff so much anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a nice bass, my, I, I got this bass. I took two other bass guitars that I had given mm-hmm. to me uh, by wonderful people, and I went to the local shop, and I, I, this is no BS, took my phone, and I said, I need a bass that sounds like this. And I pulled up Amazing Post Pounding from Yoshi's Woolly World because <laughs> the bass player on that literally slaps. He's, like, <laughs> he or she, like, whoever is playing the bass on this, like, it was so, so good. Well, no, it was a he because I um, I talked some smack about that soundtrack because there's one tune in there that is so terribly sad in that game. <laughs> uh, it's just something about the Yoshi games. They know how to hit that. that the first one, Yoshi's, yeah. or Yoshi's Island, that intro music, I can't. It's too saccharine or, or melancholy. Like there's something yeah. about it. But anyway, <laughs> that person told me that they play a Schecter bass as well because I took that in and played it for the guy. The guy was yeah. like, hold on. And he handed me this bass, this beautiful Schechter bass, and that's what I went home with. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and it was great to find out that the composer, he was like, yeah, Schechter, that's what's up. Oh, funny. <laughs> it's a great exchange on, on Twitter. I love Twitter. It's, so, it's such a dumpster fire, but man, some of it yeah. smells great. Yeah, some exactly. Some of it smells I mean, bad. D- right. Depends on what corner you're smelling. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the things I noticed, too, um, about your music is that you'll fi- you find the right sound. Like, you find the right tone of the bass or the right tone of the keyboard or the right to make us think about what we're supposed to think about, right? You're really good at that, which I which oh, makes yeah, it that's, really fun. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. That's a great compliment. That's fun. I didn't really <laughs> think about that, but that is what I'm trying to do. I'm like, no, yeah. this is do this is the Doogie Howser theme song sound. Yes. Listen to this. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I love it. Mustin, what else do you want to say before we uh, call it a night and get some calories on my end anyway? <laughs> Um, this uh, album is really special I never thought that working I never thought I'd be working with my kid or kids on music I had told uh, my uh, then wife um, that I didn't want them to do music because I wanted them to actually have some money and uh, she insisted on getting them lessons Um, so they both she plays 
piano, which she quit, but now she's playing guitar and I taught her some stuff mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, she's something else. She's over here wow. playing Billie Eilish and doing bossa novas and, and it's Amazing. just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then my son plays classical guitar, uh, but he's gotten more into like video and stuff, but he knows enough about what's going on with music having watched me do it for a billion years. But getting a chance to work with him, and we got her involved too, because she um, like she made these uh, memes, like single picture memes, to help yeah. promo the album that people were enjoying. And oh, um, cool! Yeah, That's it's just awesome. cool to get everybody involved. And like I said, she gave a lot of feedback. Her friends gave feedback, and when they came over, and mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. just something really interesting. And I and from that point, I did make him my manager. He is like in charge of everything. He he did oh, learn cool. how to, I showed him how to use Google Slides. He made a deck on like what this year looks like, uh, the projects mm-hmm. that I'm allowed to do. Um, you know, we hit our goal on the timeline. We got it out on April 4th. Yeah. That was the goal. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. how I did that because my first album, The World is Square, it took me over 17 years to do. Oh and this God. one took me yeah. 88 days. And it's just nuts. Amazing. So we're, we're, we're working on new stuff. Uh, um, I want to do a hip-hop and rap album. I'd like to find a way where I can uh, really get some video and stuff because that's what everybody's doing. And I've had a lot mm-hmm. of fun doing that recently. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. This album... I think did great because my kids helped me do it. My son really led the way. I listened to the youth. I, I took my ego out of it and just did, yeah. you know, I put my passion into the music and then let them drive those decisions. When I hit VGM Con in April of this year, 2023, earlier, yeah. and I, I mean, I, I wasn't even inside the building for like 10 minutes before someone came up and was like, yo, the mixtape is fire, dog. <laughs> and I was like, I have never gotten so much positive feedback on anything I've ever done, including oh. with the one-ups. <clears throat> um, so, and I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm out there trying to really get my launch pad. I almost have as much followers as the one-ups on Twitter now. And, nice. you know, I've got a TikTok that's going. I just got like 40,000 views on a video on TikTok. Nice. And, like, I'm really trying to get that, like, going so that I can keep putting out. Because I it's a lot easier to make pe- music with one person, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's with the band. <laughs> And uh, I mean, there's no like, it's not like we quit or anything. We did put out that 20 year anniversary vinyl, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I need everybody to go buy it. Look at this. Oh, yeah. So shiny. It's so awesome. So shiny. So, yeah, I'm trying to hawk this vinyl. And uh, I don't know what we're doing next. We have a lot of things that we have started but haven't finished. So it's, you know, potential for for more fun. But right now, I'm going to. I'm going to get all these CDs, the Mario mixtape CDs, mailed out, and mm-hmm. I am uh, going to make a chill track where I'm trying to make a nice little music video Sweet. for it. It'll be fun to see how that goes because I'm really trying to invest in music video stuff as well. Yeah, that's Visual. awesome. I can't wait to see it. And and I'm definitely going to check out the video of the Mario mixtape. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I, I used to do a lot of video when I was a kid. I had okay. a TV show uh, with my friends in high school. <laughs> Amazing. Um, on the public access channel. Amazing. So what did you guys I, talk I, about? What did we talk about? Yeah, what did you do in it? We, it was like a sketch show. Uh, it, okay. had, it was every other Saturday night, 10 o'clock, and <laughs> we had 
uh, it's at ten o'clock. It was live call in, which was a nightmare because yes. it was public access and there was yes. no, you know. And um, then in the middle, we would play the pre-recorded bits, which is what we did throughout the the, the week or a week or two. I don't know. It got really popular, and but um, but I learned a lot about editing and and, and sure. it was all on tapes putting right. it into the tapes and the heads and the jog wheels and all this stuff yep. and i don't know i just this is one of the things the same thing of putting those all those albums together yeah why didn't why haven't i been doing all this video stuff the whole time but uh i don't know i've, I've i really just kind of was trying to like push on the band and everything but yeah. this album and these kids and like i said there's a lot of stuff that made me think about it uh and and this birthday just like, well, maybe I'll just do my stuff because it's never too it's never too late for now. Right, that's right. <laughs> you just crack up. <laughs> it's from Thirty Rock, and I just saw that oh, earlier today. Okay, it's never too late for now. <laughs> oh, what a great show! All right, yeah, it's fantastic. Well, Mustin, thank you so much for all your time today. It was just awesome to chat with you, and I'm excited to put it together and, and share all this music out uh, with, with folks who maybe aren't familiar with it yet, and um, I just look forward to having you back, too. So thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, rock and roll. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Mustin, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of my chat with Mustin on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our new videos. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. No. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.